Welcome to the 2021 podcast series of the Psychological Society of Ireland, the PSI, where we bring you interesting and hopefully entertaining and informative podcasts about a myriad of topics. I'm Breda Brown and our theme today is Waxing Lyrical about male mental health. Our first guest is Damien Dempsey, a musician, singer and writer who uses a contemporary style of urban folk to tackle modern day issues. He also delves back into the historical events that have brought us to our present day situation situations and he focuses on using music as a healing force for all traumas. We also have another Damien with us, this time it's Dr Damien Lowry, a senior counselling psychologist and chartered member of the Psychological Society of Ireland. He's worked in hospital psychology for over 16 years, helping those with chronic health conditions such as liver disease, chronic pain and persistent mental health problems. He helps them to cope with and manage these issues as best they can. More recently he has led research on the psychological well-being of healthcare workers during the COVID-19 pandemic. He is also reported to be an avid Damien Dempsey fan. So, Damien Larry, apparently you have a nice story about when you first came across Damien Dempsey. Yeah, I hope it's as interesting to you as it is to me. But it was <laughs> it was uh, during the summer of, I think it was 2003, pretty sure. And uh, at the time, there was some kind of political shenanigans or something going on. There was disagreement at the level of, I think, Clare County Council. Um, so the Listoon Varna Festival uh, that was scheduled for Clare at the time was relocated to the RDS. I'm not sure if Damo remembers that, but I was half through, halfway through my postgraduate training to become a psychologist at the time. And I went along to it with a couple of friends. As far as I can recall, the frames were kind of the headline act on that day, later in the day. And uh, um, it's at some point early on, just shortly after arrival, I heard these tunes coming from some side stage, you know, and I'd never heard the likes of them before. There was a kind of rawness. There was definitely a Dublin stamp in there somewhere. They were very authentic, kind of visceral songs. And it was actually Demo, Demo Dempsey, uh, that I had just discovered in that moment, right? So I'd never heard of him before. He might have been around, but I hadn't heard of him myself. Um, And it didn't probably hurt him that the backing singer that day was Sinead O'Connor. Um, and it was just wonderful. It was They had like a massive crowd in front of the stage. No other stage at the time had anywhere near the same crowd. And, and he had them in the palm of his hands, you know. And so from that moment on, I was kind of hooked on his music and I went straight out and bought the, the, the CD that was out. But the interesting part of the story for me is that later that same day, I met a girl. And uh, we went on for some drinks after the show and the festival. And obviously I did my best to impress. So that girl is now my wife and we have two lovely young kids and happy families and all the rest. So the day I met the girl who was to become my wife is the same day I discovered Damo. So I have an affinity or an affection for both of them, basically. Damo, do you love do you love hearing when songs like that uh, and, and your music resonates with people? Um, that's that's interesting because if Damien hadn't come into that tent to see me that day, he probably wouldn't have been where he was at the exact time to meet his wife, you know, so... Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's some people either either get me or they don't, you know. And like Marmite, uh, Greta, very like Marmite. Some people love me and some people just can't stand me, you know. So I'm happy with that. That's That works for me. There's a message in there, there's a strong message. Yeah, definitely a strong message. And some people latch on to the message, you know. And some people just can't uh, take the sound of the voice, you know. So, uh, so what can, you can't please all the people all the time, you know. And Damo, when it does come to your songs, I mean, it's very apparent that there's so many experiences in there, experiences of mental health, of pain, but also hope. Um, and you deal with a lot of things like peer pressure, you know, uh, drug addiction, everything. I mean, what's going through your mind when you're sitting down to compose something like that? 
I'm just trying to um, recreate a situation that, that I have been in, basically, you know, that I've found myself in at some stage as a young younger person. I'm trying to recreate it in the song and give a, a, a people a bit of a, a feeling of what it was like at the time, you know. I suppose I'm trying to write uh, ballads, modern-day ballads, that will give people an idea in 100 years of what it was like to live in this time now in Ireland, you know. And do you think that's, I suppose, necessary? Because men aren't very open most of the time to talking about mental health. So is this one of the reasons you do it, to try and have that conversation? I suppose, yeah, as soon as you, as you talk about it, you know, it's, it's, it seems like there's a load off your shoulders, you know. You don't feel so alone anymore, I suppose, you know, if you're talking about it, because someone will tell you, Jesus, that song really, really gave me a lift, you know, through a hard time and, then you'd start talking to the person about their experience with it, you know. So it's 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 just uh, it's a lot less lonely if you speak about these things, I suppose, you know. And Damien Larry, then I suppose you know, just coming back to you on this, can you shed some light on male mental health? Um, I can certainly try. Um, and and although there don't appear to be sex differences uh, in the overall prevalence of mental health or behavioural issues, um, there are significant differences in the patterns. Uh, and symptoms uh, of these mental health issues that we can see between the sexes. Um, and these differences vary across age groups too. You know, Damon's talking about experiences from yesteryear, maybe in his youth that he's recreating now as an adult. So, you know, we do go through rites of passages and different experiences at the different developmental periods. Um, and in childhood, most studies report higher prevalence of behavioural problems, for example, aggression, antisocial behaviours, particularly among boys uh, compared to their, their their female counterparts. During adolescence, girls definitely have a much higher prevalence of depression, interestingly enough, um, and eating disorders too, uh, and they engage more in suicidal ideation and suicide attempts than boys. Um, but overall, suicidal ideation or suicide behaviours and, and completed suicides in particular is very much a male issue. You know, four out of every five suicides, by and large, each and every year. And every year, there's, it's, it's on the decline, contrary to what you might hear generally. Um, but, but between four and 500 people per annum take their own lives by suicide. And four out of every five are, are going to be uh, men, um, which, is, which, which sort of sets them apart. Um, another, I guess, of the more obvious mental health issues affecting men more so than women is alcohol uh, and drug misuse and dependence. It seems to be a way we choose to cope, uh, not always, but 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 um, on a relatively regular basis. We're two to three times more likely to become alcohol dependent compared to our female counterparts. Uh, we're twice as likely to be the victims of violent crime compared to women, although violent crime against women is highly topical at the moment because of what's been going on rightly so too um, and we're almost certainly likely to be the perpetrators and I say we referring to the male gender men in 97% of vile, violent kind of offences against another person are generally going to be it's going to involve a male perpetrator so not randomly obviously I'm not saying it's so simply and solely a gender issue it's far more complicated it's got social societal socioeconomic educational environmental family factors all in the mix um, but but we are the ones who do it um, most of the time so an anti-social personality disorder I know that's a very technical sounding diagnosis but it's a psychiatric label for like a pervasive pattern of behavior and personality that's anti-social in nature by and large and um, it's largely reserved for males um, and I'll, I'll kind of maybe finish on this you know PTSD 
far more frequent in men too than it is in women. I think that's possibly skewed by the fact that we tend to be the recipients of violent uh, crime and behavior more often. And also we, there's traditionally been much more of a, an involvement uh, in combat forces of one kind or another on the part of men. Um, so that, that skews the PTSD um, sort of prevalence uh, uh, internationally uh, and, and etc. But but it's it's possibly worth um, saying. And critically, lastly, um, in terms of accessing services to treat these mental health issues, we're less likely. So females tend to outnumber us about two to one when it comes to talking about it, right? So Damien's talking about talking about these things through his songs um, and that's a fantastic kind of sublimation or, or to, it's a way of channeling and processing things in a, in a very constructive way. Um, men generally don't do that. We, we, we shy away from doing that. We, we tend to escape. But some people escape excessively, whether it's alcohol or indeed any other number of, of, of substances, prescription or indeed illicit. So... Um, yeah, for better, for worse. And Jamo, I suppose, would that be your experience of, of the gender breakdown with these issues um, over the years? Uh, yeah, a lot of guys can't, they're not, they're just, they can't talk about it, you know, they can't seem to get it out, you know. They find it very, very hard to tell anybody how they're really feeling, you know. And do you think it's changed at all? I mean, we are trying to get people to talk more and yeah. and telling people to be more open. Well, do you see it? A big me head like me doing it, you know, that I'm more inclined to uh, open up about it, you know. I just got to a certain point in my life when I just didn't really care too much anymore what anyone said to me or taught me, you know. So I said, I'm going to write these songs and, you know, let them slag me or whatever, you know. I got a thick skin, I suppose, the more, uh, the older I got. So I just, I'm just going to express myself. Well, that's great freedom, you know, when you can do that. And you've been very open in the past, as you said, about your own personal experiences of depression. And, you know, in terms of that coping mechanism then, did being able to just talk about it and, as you said, just just get it out there, did that really help? Yeah, well, music alone, just that really helps, you know. Um, There's a vibration that goes through your whole body when you sing, even. Even just singing, just sitting on the bed or sitting on the couch with a list of your favourite songs and the lyrics and if you just sing them for half an hour, all your favourite songs. You feel it. You feel much better, you know. It's a, it's a kind of love, it's a love vibration or something that goes through your body. And you're getting more oxygen into your lungs as well because you're singing and that goes to your brain and there's, there's lots of benefits of, of just singing alone, you know. I, I, I always uh, came back to sitting down on my own in a room and singing for half an hour if I ever wanted to feel better. I always realised, well, I realised later on that that used to really help me through uh, dark times in my life, you know. Then if you can, Talk about lyrics as well that are, you talk about how your head is and, uh, and other people hear that and say, Jesus, I'm not on my own, you know, I'm not on my own tonight. And then you get to uh, meet the people and talk to them about it, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's like, it's like people, it's like getting a hug off different people, just talking about it is like getting a hug off them or something, you know, without even getting the hug. And Damien Larry then, I suppose, are, are Damien's methods in terms of how he copes, are they in line with how psychologists would help people heal from depression? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I sometimes wish, maybe in a silly way, uh, that there was a singular kind of formula or some secret formula that existed for treating depression uh, or indeed any other mental health problem and that it worked universally. Um, 
I guess my job might be made redundant at that stage or my, many of my colleagues too. Um, life would certainly be a bit easier, but um, yeah, look, it's going to be, this is, I guess that's where the challenge comes in, in terms of helping someone at an individual or in, indeed at a group level. Um, there's nuance. So what works for Damo might not work for someone else. What works for me might be totally unpalatable to you. Uh, um, but by and large, I think we've all got to be very cognizant of, I know it sounds a bit preachy and cliche, but diet right your plants die if you don't feed them properly right so it's important that we kind of have good proverbial soil in our life too you know so that we're healthy physically and and able to function in ourselves at some anatomical level or functioning healthily um exercise it's possibly one of the best and most important protective factors from a physical health point of view and also mental health point of view and i totally hear the voices that possibly are listening going oh don't start prescribing gyms and you know exercise now to treat depression as if it's as simple as that it isn't as simple as that um but being active is really important in a an overarching um mental health strategy whether you're doing well or whether you're doing really poorly um it, it's just something really important that's in the mix sleep too Janie mac don't don't ask me to do this or answer any questions or be available for comment if I haven't really gotten my sufficient levels of sleep. Um, my brain thinks more lethargically. I'm just not really at the races. I'm more irritable. My mood slips. Uh, I'm more reactive. You know, I'm just not as nice and as good and well-functioning a person as I otherwise would be if I have a good night's sleep or good level of sleep under my belt. Uh, in, in more of a pattern sense. Minimizing social isolation. I definitely hear that theme running through some of uh, the lyrics uh, that, that Demo has penned and um, tying in with just having as good a network of social connection as possible, you know, being there for each other, having very good quality social connections. I know he's too humble a person to admit it, but I know he placed his pride in that. There's a lot of unseen work that Demo does that he would never talk about he doesn't want to brag you know but he 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 he's a good skin and 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 he's a very strong social conscience and i think he recognizes i hope he doesn't mind me saying now here's me talking about him as if i know <laughs> i've only met him today for the first time right in spite of having listened to him as much as well i won't admit to how much i've listened to him but um do you know a lot of what he talks about is kind of mirrored in a, the, the, the cutting edge of psychological theory or, or the cutting edge of, so like take uh, the, the UN, the United Nations Special Rapporteur for Health and focusing on mental health in particular. He recently said, Darius Puris, I don't, I'm definitely going to have mispronounced something about that name, but it's in that ballpark. He, he, uh, says we've gotten way too pharmaceutically focused. We're, we're, we're talking way too much about this stuff within a biological, biomedical kind of lens. And, and that's okay, I'm not opposed to that, but it's kind of become exclusively like that. So we tick these boxes and check these criteria and say, oh, you have depression, you have social anxiety. And, 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 and these are helpful signposts uh, uh, to, to guide a treatment plan, but then often the treatment plan is pharmaceutical. And it doesn't address the underlying problems that cause these things to emerge. And, I, and, and sometimes it's actually literature um, that goes back like decades, if not centuries, and also like performing arts, plays, 
theater, uh, song writing, right? These these arts that are like as old as the hills, you know, and, and they talk about this stuff. They talk about protecting community, enhancing social fabric, like being there for each other, being a part of the tribe in a good way and not being divisive, not like helping each other up when you have the means to do so. So where do we see the kind of spawn pool of mental health problems really in a meaty sense? It's not really in the genetic sphere. Like, yes, there's bits of it, but it's not like our genes don't cause all of this. Our biology and chemistry doesn't cause all of this. Um, It's not only about whether or not you're exercising. That's silly to suggest that. A lot of it comes from social deprivation, breakdown of community and societal fabric, the stuff Demo sings about, and he obviously sings about other stuff too in terms of personal experiences and adversity. Um, Educational limitations, um, opportunities just not being available to you, Um, income being a real issue, poverty being in your face day in day. These are the things that really drive the problems that then we talk about needing the services to, to, to tackle. Yes, service provision needs to be funded. It's been underfunded for absolutely eons, decades. We, we're just not at the races with that. Um, that's a fair point, but it's also a fair point to say, it's a pity it gets to that point because we should really be tackling stuff before it ever takes root, you know? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll finish this segment, of, if not entirely right, on, on saying, quoting a great, slave man frederick douglas and he said he uses man i'm not sure if it's exclusive to men i think it's probably more general than that um but but he he and i'm gonna butcher this now i know but he says it's easier to build strong children um, than to repair broken men and i think our current structure tries to repair broken men and women and you know people um but we should be really looking and focusing uh, at, at a much earlier time point in, in our development, really. And there's so much in what you've said there. And Demo, what's what's your view? Do you think we should be focusing on, as you said, the children as opposed to the broken men? Definitely. Um, I think the world has changed so much, you know. The planet has changed so much in the last 100 years, century. Like It's like a different place altogether, you know. And um, there's a lot of isolation now and I think we used to live with our family all around us in the Tua society, you know, in, in, in Gaelic Ireland, we lived with our, all our family were all around us, you know, but it's, it's just a lot more isolation now. And um, I suppose because people can't afford to live where they would like to live and they have to move out further and further and stuff like this. And, and um, I was talking to a doctor and uh, he was saying that um, he was doing the gardening, you know, and he says, I'm always, I, I always feel a bit better after the gardening because I'm touching the earth touching the soil and the children now, they don't touch the earth anymore. I remember me and my mates, we'd be rolling around in the mud and the muck and out in the hay fields and stuff like this, you know, but um, the children now, they're not touching the muck at all, you know, or uh, I think he, he reckoned it was leading to a lot of depression, you know, because we're not touching the earth. Grounding now, they're, they're calling it, you know. What Damien was saying about exercise, yeah, some people can't take gyms, so... What I was doing there earlier, I was down in St. Anne's Park, just an hour walk, you know, fast walk. And you're taking in, you're hearing the birds, you're taking in all the fresh air from the trees, you know, the carbon dioxide. And, and uh, so if you can't do the gym, 
you can go down there, you know, find a, a park somewhere or a river bank or, you know, walk around the lake or up a hill or somewhere, something in nature. I think you just have to get back to nature somehow. And, and then uh, you can take your shoes and socks off and put your feet on the, on the earth for five minutes even. You always feel better. What I was doing there last year, I had my mother and father at different times. Uh, we'd go down to the beach and take our shoes and socks off and just walk in the, in the water, you know, up to, in the sea, just up to your ankles, you know. And the difference in them at the end of the walk, even the 10-minute, 15-minute walk, you see the difference in them. I think we've been divorced by nature. Sorry, we've been divorced from nature, so we've been divorced from it, so I think we just have to get back to it and just touch it more often and go into it more often and uh, just let it into us, you know. And it's funny because I'd like to think that with COVID, maybe people have and can have an opportunity to get more in touch with nature because to get out of the house and go for their walk. Because going back to what you've both said, isolation is, is a huge issue when it comes to mental health and COVID has exacerbated that. And obviously, Damo, from your perspective, I mean, your your performance sector is effectively shut down. So, so many people in your industry are totally isolated. So what advice, I suppose, would you have for them to try try and get through this time frame? Um, just... Keep hope in your heart that it'll all come back again and we'll be playing music again, you know. And we'll appreciate the gigs more than ever when we get back on that stage or wherever you perform. And I think uh, meditation is a big one for me. Um, I know five yoga moves that I do five times each, you know. It takes about 10 minutes to do them. These five moves five times each. And then I do some, uh, I have a CD there called Mindfulness Every Day. We stick that on for 20 minutes then. The meditation, you know, and the... You know, when you do clear all the, the, the noise in your mind, like the feeling, you, you can feel your ancient soul, you can you just feel this, this beautiful energy, you know, and I think that that's been keeping me going, you know, because uh, it's, 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 it's too many thoughts, I think, you know, too many built-up thoughts, negative thinking. So if you can <laughs> clear them thoughts for 20 minutes, if you can just stop them for 20 minutes, the, the difference in you. So I think the way forward is, yeah, meditation and, and getting onto the land, feeling the land as well, you know. And yoga, yoga is a great way as well for, for anybody, you know, that's, they've been doing that for thousands of years, so there must be something in it, you know. And I think it's a case that different people will find that different things work for them, as Damo has just said there, Damien. So, I mean, what advice would you give to people listening to help them mind their, their mental health and well-being? Um, I, th- this is always when I feel a bit under pressure, right, as if there's one thing I can say that's going to help everybody, and that's maybe self-imposed pressure. But I, I, I'll... I'll I'll say one last quote that comes to mind. I, I, I think I might have said it earlier on. I hope it didn't. But there's no more terrible a pain a man can endure than to see clearly and be able to do nothing about it. You know, and, and I think people in general, but I, I know there's a bit of a male theme to this particular podcast. So men in particular um, were far more action oriented, you know, uh, were 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 some of the mindfulness gurus of this world uh, will, will talk about the distinction between doing and being. So mindfulness and meditation and prayer, whatever that might mean to different people, can, can anchor a person in, in the moment um, and, and possibly to, 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 to mother nature. Um, th- those are good things. They, 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 as you, as Demos alluded to, they, they anchor you in the present and, and most of what our heads are doing is pulling us in other directions. That's not always bad, but it can be unhelpful. And if you start to recognize an unhelpful dimension or pattern in your own headspace, 
well, maybe something along the lines of what Demo's suggesting or psychology and indeed other disciplines might sort of show there's, there's an evidence base for it. Doesn't mean it's, Demo said earlier on, he's a bit Marmite himself in terms of people love him or hate him. Mindfulness kind of be, is a bit Marmite too. You know, people, I know that from group experiences, half the group will really gravitate towards it and they want more of it. And half the group are like, oh, would you get away with your feckin' breathing and closing your eyes and imagining this? <laughs> and they tend, more often than not, this is anecdotal, of course, but in my view, they tend to be men more often than, than the other. So we find it trickier it seems, to, to sit with ourselves, to, to be still, to, to calm. And we find it more comfortable and more, it, it just comes to us more naturally to be active. Um, so neither is bad, but I guess it just, if I'm giving advice to people listening, whoever they might be, I guess my advice would be along the lines of invest time and energy in yourself. W- whatever that might look like for you at an individual level, that's kind of for you to figure out yourself. If you need someone to help you with that, fine. Um, but it, it, it's about trying to give time and and dedicate commitment and energy to you, nurturing yourself, your needs. If you don't know what they are, well, then take time out to identify what they are. And then maybe the next step would be to start going about meeting them or trying to address them. If you need more calm in your life, well, then, hey, nature walks, hill walking, meditation, yoga, whatever uh, might be useful. Netflix and stuff can also be useful. It's mental chewing gum and it's whatever, but but it's still engaging your mind. And there is a very important quali- qualitative difference between rooting yourself to the earth in a in a mindful way and and zoning out TV or radio or something else for that matter. So the the the, the advice I guess that I'm yeah maybe trying to articulate uh, in a very long winded fashion is. Invest time and energy in yourself. Just give yourself, prioritize 30 minutes possibly. If it has to start at 10, so be it. But 30 minutes, you time as regularly uh, as that can be executed in your life. So if it can't be every day, three to five days, I think that's that's the kind of Goldilocks zone right there to make a difference. Otherwise, it's just not going to gain any traction. And any final advice from you, Damo? Uh, what I've found uh, with the meditation, if, it, if you find it very hard to switch your mind off, if you have a cycle beforehand, you know, a bit of a hard cycle, or go to the gym or something, and uh, or go for a long walk in the park or a jog, it's a bit easier then to, to get the meditation, you know, to clear the mind. A lot of doctors uh, say join a choir, you know, uh, if you're depressed. The singing is really good. It, 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 it releases it releases some, uh, some serotonin or so, some sort of dopamine or something in your mind, you know. So a word is good, you know. Would it be fair to say, Damo, that we, we, we've, and sorry again to cut in, but would it be fair? I think if there's anything I'm, I'm taking from our, what we've both said, something immersive, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's something, and, and often something that, it doesn't always, like mindfulness and nature works can be done individually, but there is yeah. an added dimension when there's a social connection or connectivity to it too, that's, isn't there? That's what I try to do with the gigs, you know. Get yeah. the whole crowd singing, you know, and it's, it's communal singing is really, really good for your uh, and your your mental health, your your state of mind. 
Well, definitely lots of food for thought there. And my thanks to musician and singer Damien Dempsey and senior counselling psychologist and chartered member of the Psychological Society of Ireland, Dr. Damien Lowry. That was the Psychological Society of Ireland, the PSI podcast. If you'd like any more information, you can check out the website www.psychologicalsociety.ie. We'll see you next time.